Discover how you can live a glorious and supernatural life through the teachings of Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa. Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa is the senior pastor and visioneer of Holy Hill Chapel, Assemblies of God. An anointed, energetic, and practical teacher, this servant of God will inspire you with practical teachings of the Word of God that will inspire, refresh, energize, and bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit. Now to today's message. It's our year of supernatural growth. I want to thank Jesus, the owner and builder of this church, and also Dandia and Mommy for this opportunity. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8, 8a says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Therefore, be not afraid or ashamed of our testimony. We are here to tell of the wonderful works of God in our lives today. Our first testifier is Sister Victoria, and she testifies of supernatural academic excellence. She says, In my school, we write tests which contribute to 50% of our total score for every paper. In the first semester of my first year, I could not write the test for one of my courses because the time for the paper escaped me. So, I was highly motivated to study for the end of semester exams, which I could not fail, that, so I could not fail that paper. But unfortunately, I could not write the exams to my satisfaction. On 5th July 20, 2023, when the results were released, I checked with great confidence that I would reset the paper. But to my utmost surprise and to the glory of God, I had an A. I do not know what God did, but he really surprised me and I'm extremely grateful. Let's give thanks to God for this wonderful testimony. Our second testifier is Sister Nashika, and she also testifies of academic excellence through prophetic declarations. She says, during the 2023-2021 days of turnaround testimony in January, I was believing God for an academic turnaround and excellence in my exam. I fully participated in the services with faith in the miracle working power of God and believed and received all declarations concerning academic excellence. I declared that God would turn my situation around and give me good grades. People of God, I scored two A's and four B's in my exam. I knew this was a miracle because what I wrote in the exam could not have yielded the good results I got. Also, most of the candidates failed in one of the papers in which I had an A. I want to thank God for granting me favor and mercy in my exam. Glory be to God. Our last documented testimony it's from Sister Lily, and she says, From 30th March to 1st April 2023, my school's AGCM chapter organized a program dubbed Moments of Refreshing, where Dr. Bempa was a guest speaker. In his teachings, he said that he admonished us to always spend 15 minutes speaking in tongues and praying to God before our examination. During our first semester examination, I could not prepare for one of my papers because I was so stressed from preparing towards the previous papers. On the examination day, I felt anxious and scared as I did not know what I would write. I just could not keep calm when I saw my friends trying to recall what they had learned. 
Then I remembered what Dr. Bempa said. So I distanced myself from my colleagues, prayed and praised till it was time for the paper to start. In the exam room, I felt extremely tired and tried everything to stay active, but I dozed off and could not even help myself. In fact, I answered the questions, but my answers were different from what my friends had, had written entirely. I prayed to God constantly to at least give me a C, and I would be grateful forever. But to the glory of God, when the results were released, I had a B in that paper. I thank God so much for this great miracle. God bless Dr. Bempa for teaching us this key. As we celebrate these testimonies, we want to thank God for all the marvelous works he's about to do in our lives. Let us invite um, Minister George as he shares his testimony on supernatural promotion and favor. Supernatural growth. Thank you, Daddy and Mommy, for this great opportunity. My name is George Bansa, and I, and I would like to testify uh, and thank God for job, supernatural job and then promotion at place of work. So 2021, when I was uh, doing my service, I prayed to God to give me a permanent job at my place of uh, work where I was doing my service. So I also remembered uh, Daddy's teachings on declarations and faith. And then I actually remember this particular quote that he always tells us that a closed mouth is, is equal to a closed destiny. So by the grace of God, when I was done with my service, by the declarations that I was making at place of work, I was maintained where I did my service. And also... Um, I was transferred from my old department to where I am now and then by the grace of God and with supernatural speed I now oversee that uh, department and also I was also uh, made we were actually to we, we were made the, the pastors in where we are and I want to thank God for this great opportunity and thank you very much. Thank you all for celebrating the wonderful works of God. Supernatural growth. Help me appreciate Jesus, the owner and the builder of this church. And help me appreciate my father for this wonderful privilege. Amen. All right, so I wrote a song about focus. And the title of the song is Names of Talkatives. And um, some people thought it was, I don't know what you thought it was, but it's a song about focus. It's just talking about the things that distract us in our lives and how you can write them down and make sure you hand them over to Jesus to handle for you. So that's what the song is about. It's called Names of Talkative. So those that can, there's no part inside the song, so you can just sing some. <laughs> All right, let's go.
let's put a snap on it. No secret in our world. The people like to talk. The things they know and the ones they don't. They will spread lies and rumors just to be known. So why are you wasting your time like this? Hearing those things that break your heart. Give no attention, give no thoughts Cause people talk But they'll never help you walk So whenever they speak Look up and you will see A broken pencil and a sheet And tell them Say I'm writing names of talkative, yeah all of this noise you're making on me Teacher will get you when he Teacher will get you when he comes I have a race, no time to waste I'm writing names of talkers I'm writing names of talkers One, two, three, four, five All of this noise you're making on me Teacher will get you when he comes Teacher will get you when he comes as for me, I have a race, no time, no time to play. There are many voices in this life, and to be honest, many are not nice. So don't hear something and pick a knife, no. Because most of these things are nothing, nothing but lies. Teacher said, be careful how you hear. There are talkatives here. They are everywhere. So silence the voices in your head. And give no attention to your fears. I'm right. I'm right. Can we talk? Yeah. Alright, I want you to call and respond. Call and say. Talk yeah. Do you know any? Yeah. Can you write some? Make your own list of some friends are. Some family members. Some landlords are. Your exes are. Bad results. Some lecturers are. Habits are demons are people's opinions are 
Some doctors report her. It will slow you down. It will confuse you. People's opinions are you are too fast. They will say hey, you are too slow. Hey, you talk too much. You go to church too much. Why do you like praying like this? You go to church in the evening too much. Every last Sunday of the year, SBS. All of these things are. I said, move away far from. Keep some distance from. Run away from. Do you know any talk that is? God is doing, yeah, it will break your heart, ah, they will slow you down, God is working so, will stop you from seeing what God is doing, so move away far from, these things will stop you, seeing what God is doing, ay, 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 let's write the name, say, so write these names of God all of this noise they're making on you. Teacher will get you when he comes. Yeah. I have a race, no time, no time for time. I'm writing names of talks. I'm writing names of talks. All of this noise they're making on me. Teacher will get you when he comes. Teacher will get you when he comes. I have a race, no time. No time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the August edition of SBS. resource person for tonight is Mr. Peter Kwesi Koji. His life story, deeply rooted in education, advocacy, and faith, serves as a testament to the transformative power of dedication, purpose, and absolute reliance on God. His early education began at Achimoto School and later at Gateko Junior High School in Kufuridia. He attended St. Paul's Technical School at Kukrantumi, where he pursued city and guilds education and building construction. At the University of Professional Studies Accra, he pursued his passion for marketing, total quality management, and corporate digital communications. He furthered his expertise by studying international affairs and diplomacy at the prestigious Ligon Center for International Affairs and Diplomacy, University of Ghana, and later became a member of the esteemed Chartered Institute of Marketing UK. He is currently pursuing a PhD in Management Studies with specialization in green and sustainable marketing. His commitment to youth empowerment saw him elected for two terms as the Secretary General of the All-Africa Students' Union, AASU. As a Secretary General of the AASU, 
He has championed the rights and welfare of African students at the highest levels. His advocacy has reached global corridors, but Peter, representing the Global South perspective on platforms such as the United Nations General Assembly and high-level political forums and Africa Union's Education Policy Dialogues. Peter was part of the global education response to COVID-19 through UNESCO's Global Education Coalition, where he showcased his commitment to fighting for gender mainstreaming by conceptualizing the Girls Back to School campaign, which was adopted by UNESCO as a flagship COVID-19 recovery program. Owing to his expertise, Mr. Koji has served on numerous boards, such as the Ghana AIDS Commission, the Vice Chancellor's Education Fund at UPSA, the Africa Education Trust Fund, Global Dream Literacy Campaign, Center on African Philanthropy and Social Investment COPSI Mastercard Foundation Project, among others. Under the auspices of the President of Ghana, Peter played a pivotal role as a technical committee lead for the Youth Connect Africa 2021 Summit, which was held in Ghana. Mr. Peter Koji is an avid believer in free market economy and his critical role in the creation of wealth. He advanced these ideals in his brief stint as executive director of the Kandifo Institute, a conservative think tank that advances democracy, human rights, and free market principles. Mr. Koji is also a lecturer at the University of Professional Studies, Accra, where he instructs courses in the domains of marketing and total quality management. He is also the managing partner of two Ghanaian companies, the Dollar Company Limited Construction Company and 48 Law 05 Company, a PR consultancy firm. Peter has been involved in several evangelism initiatives through the African Youth Network and is a founding member of the Youth Outreach for Christ at the University of Professional Studies. He currently fellowships at the Holy Hill Assemblies of God Church and serves in the SBS committee. He's happily married to Lady Pastor Irama. Ladies and gentlemen, please with a standing ovation, let's welcome to the podium Mr. Peter Kwesi Koji. Supernatural growth. Thank you very much. You may have your seat. I would want to start by thanking Daddy and Mommy for this opportunity. Um, when I was called that I was going to do this, initially I was a bit apprehensive. And so I was asking what had Daddy seen, what um, made him um, want me to do this. And so um, it took a while. And to be honest, I haven't done um, a time to sort of reflect on my life in this way. I'd never sat down to take stock of how far God had brought me until this opportunity. And so I thank Daddy, and this is really a humbling opportunity for me. I'd also want to thank the SBS team, Minister Irajwa, Pastor Kuka, Minister Obed, Pastor Ivan, I mean, for the support to prepare for a presentation like this. And also to all of you who have taken the time to come here this evening. I want to say a huge thank you to all of you. Um, prior to today, I'd titled my presentation to read, You Can't Become Anything You Want. 
after listening to the sermon today, after Bishop had preached on favor, I have changed it to read, you can't become anything you want by the grace of God. So I've kept the first part, but I added by the grace of God, because that changes a lot of things. So I'm going to take the time to walk us through a journey of life that God has showed mercy to be able to get to where we are now by the grace of God. And I dare say that majority of the things that I've heard on the podium today is reflected in the life story that I'll share with you. And particularly what I did here right now on focus on everything. And I just kept saying that it appears that today is just exactly what I've come to see here. So if there's anything at all, um, the ground has been watered and I think that I can sow something on it. So um, I'll start with the early part of my life and I'll share with you what my background looks like and what my academic um, background is. So I was born in Borga and I grew up in Borga. And for any of you who knows Borga, that's like the extreme end. And I was born into a family of eight with four, four, so four females, four males. But I'm the fifth of the children, but the first of the male to my mother. And I'll come back to explain the context of um, the first male to my mother and then the fifth to the entire family. So I was born into a very spiritual home. Both parents played very um, key roles in church, in the Church of Pentecost. So my father was a presiding elder and my mother was a regional woman. So our home was really one that you could imagine. So we had morning um, devotions and all that. Those are things that you can't escape at 5 a.m. You're up and you're at morning devotion. You can't escape it. <laughs> so I had my preschool in Bogatanga. And for issues, I'm sure I would have stayed in Borga, but sometimes you thank God for the issues. So if you look on my head, I have a scar there, I have a scar over here. I kept getting into every kind and sort of trouble in school. So my father said, if I stay there, either I will kill somebody or they'll kill me. Either way, somebody was going to get hit. So my father decided I was going to join my other siblings in Achimota school. So this was age five. So I was told I was going to go to boarding school at age five. <laughs> it didn't, I mean, if I reflect back, I'm like, I'm not sure I understood the gravity of what it is that was happening back then. And... When I was called and they were trying to explain to me what a boarding school is, I'm not sure I contemplated it. So my father kept trying to explain and kept telling him, take me to some place. I'm not going to see my mother. I won't be seeing him and all that. It didn't make sense to me. But the only question I asked was, who would give me food to eat? And my father was like, ah, we're telling you that you won't be seeing us. And the only thing I'm thinking about is who is going to give you food. But of course, I mean, my survival <laughs> meant everything to me back then. So that's how I ended up in Achimata school together with my siblings at age five. And that means that I had to make decisions on my own. Because at five years, you're in a boarding school. This is a time that they are still changing diapers and things for people. But at age five, I was in a boarding school and I had to wake up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever time, to bath cold water. Nobody was heating any warm water for you. So it wasn't a particularly, I mean, comfortable life as would get used to. But such as how life had started for me. So, but there is a very significant aspect of my story that I think is the purpose for which I can share a story like this. So just around age six, um, we were to play a role in church, and this is like the children's day, the very grand ones that we see over here. And because of the roles that my mother and my father both play in church, I was given a bit of like a climax role. So the 
rehearsals, I've done very well. I, I think I, I, so as far as I can remember. Then the day comes, and then everybody has played the show, and everybody has done their part. Then it gets to my part, they give me the mic, and like I'm stuck back. The words just won't. And this is like, it's like it's stuck in my throat. Just won't come out. And if some of you are very observant, you'd realize that each of the previous times I've offered announcement on this podium, I pause a few minutes to speak. It's not because I like it, but it's a scar in my mind. Like each time I remember that it scars me, it holds me back. But that is one phase of my life that really shattered the sort of person that I would be. So I stopped speaking because this was like a really... I mean, for a child that I was, still I saw that humiliation, the shame, the embarrassment. My father was seated up there. He's the presiding elder for Christ's sake. My mother is there. She's the original women's leader. So these are not like, this is not an ordinary, I mean, child. So when we went home, my father was mad. Like, I've embarrassed them. Like, I've shamed them. All, the, all those things that you would imagine. And this was like a child that was just six. So and it really scarred me. And for the very early part of my life, I wasn't speaking at all. So I'll go to school, but I won't speak. I won't say it. Um, I just couldn't speak. So that is one aspect of my life that I think that significantly can't be a decider of if you would move forward or you move back or you stay still or it will get you down. But how far God has brought us today would show that by the grace of God, that hasn't kept us down. If anything at all, it's lifted us up. So... I started school, I, mean, I was in astronaut school, but that experience was still there, so I wasn't speaking in class. And in fact, at some point, I stopped going to class at all. So we go to dining, all that, but I'll never go to class. And partly because <laughs> the way my father ran our home, there was accountability everywhere. So every time my father would take our terminal reports, receipts, and my father, if he, if he bought a pen for you, he takes a receipt. So by the end of the term, he knew how much he had spent on you. Provisions, he takes receipts. Everything, my father takes receipts. So <laughs> he lines all of us up, and then and my father didn't do the overall score. He takes it subject by subject. So regardless of if out of 100 and something you place first, you could escape the beating for that. But subject by subject, my father would not understand why you are second or you are third. Because he's going to ask you, did you need anything he didn't buy for you? Obviously, no, he would buy it. So then why are you second? Why are you third? <laughs> And he would beat you, so nobody could escape beating anyway. So I just gave up and said that, after all, I'll be beating, so what's the point of even learning? So that was it up until class three. So this was like me not going to school, me not, I mean, wanting to do anything, me not wanting to learn. Then class three, those of you who remember by the far side, I don't know if it's still done, but Mami uh, Dokuno, those things. So... Ashmonta school, they had come and they said that they wanted us to do. So every class was supposed to provide one person. Ah, interestingly, my teacher opted to elect me for my class to do it. That was as a guy who wasn't coming to school. I wasn't doing anything. I could barely speak. And by the far side is eloquent people who speak. But she chose me. And it was something that she did that up to date really gave me like a different chapter of my life. She called me. She told me that like she has absolute confidence in me and that I could do it. Now, this was a teacher, and I, sometimes I hear a lot of people who come here, and Bishop, they say that he taught us and he changed, but teachers have played a fundamental role in our lives. And sometimes I've gone to Achimota School just to try to see her, but unfortunately I can't see that particular I mean, teacher. But she told me I could do it, and that began to shift I mean, my focus back. 
but I still wasn't doing what I had to do. So in class four, I met another teacher who also took an interest in me. I, again, I wasn't going to class. But then she also um, taught that I could do things and that I just wasn't taking them, I mean, um, seriously because I just won't come to school. So she also told me one thing, that I should read anything I found, just anything, to improve my comprehension skills, my composition skills. She just said, just read anything, just anything at all. It doesn't have to make any meaning, just read it. So that again sort of gave me a purpose. It told me I could do things. And so those two instances, in class three, class four, began to change things. And then incidentally also, I'd been moved from the dormitory I was to another dormitory. And that dormitory was fiercely competitive. They kept checking what was your grade. They kept, but the other dorm, and just here, when I heard about the company we keep, when I was just seated here just before, now the company we keep, subconsciously or not, it affects us. So when I was moved to this dormitory, they kept wanting to know what your score was, how did you place, and all of that. And you can't keep being last. I mean, so that's too coinciding with this one all began to align my focus. So I told myself that I wasn't learning for my dad. I was learning for myself. And from that point on, I began to have just a change of. But this also met <laughs> with my father, I mean, his job going down. So the time I was beginning to pick up, that is when my father's biggest contract ever was his downfall. This is interesting because this is like he was a contractor. His biggest job in the north, that was his downfall. And at, on the day I was with my dad when that happened, my, my dad would take me to work even from age seven. I was always with my dad. When we vacate, I don't have a play life like people had. I'm either with my dad at work or that there was extra class, extra, extra class, extra, extra, extra. Like a teacher was just waiting <laughs> like that. So I've never had this play, play. No, it's never been part of me. And sometimes I try to have fun, but it's, it's just not there. <laughs> so... This was it. So my, my father now, I mean, he loses the, everything just goes down, just blind. It's just like a tale of two cities. I mean, just a flip of everything. And all of a sudden, there's nothing. And then now we move to Kofurudia, and then I stop Achimota school. I go to Kofurudia to complete my schooling. And then now I started having to, my father had farms. Now we had to start going to the farm. I would get blisters, I would get all that. But I had an uncle who told me something. So he told me that the duck, you see that the duck tries to stand with one leg, not because the other leg has been cut, but tries to stand with one. He asked me, do I know why? I said no. And then he told me that the duck anticipates that one day its leg will be cut and it has to stand on one. So it begins to learn how to adjust to stand with one leg. As a child, it meant so much. I, I, I may not have understood everything, but then he told me that this shipping, this kind of trials, seemingly everything was preparing us for what subsequently, I mean, would come. But it, it didn't mean um, so much as to suggest that we thought our father was just mean, just, you know, putting us through things. But that is the sort of thing that um, we had to go through all the way to going to Kofodia, now going to the farm to do things, carry things, with things, uh, quite an experience. But the key thing too was that after JHS, I really wanted to do science. And if you know the reason I wanted to do science, I'm sure you would laugh. I wanted to go to St. Peter's and I wanted to do science and I qualified for it. And my father vetoed that I go to St. Paul Technical School to do building construction. And I wanted to go to um, St. Peter's to do science because I wanted to do Brilla. 
And I didn't just want to do braille, I wanted to sit in the middle. Those of you who know what sitting in the middle means, <laughs> you have that revelation. But my father vetoed, and I ended up in St. because he told me he was the one paying the fee, so he's the one who gets to decide where I go. So I ended up in St. Paul's to do building for, and this is a purely technical school, not a secondary technical school, just for context. So in purely technical schools, those are the outcasts. You know, if you don't do well, they say you either go to a vocational school, technical school, nursing training, teacher training, those ones. Like, it's just a bunch of... Uh, but I think on the ladder, the technical school is the last one. And I found myself there. Ah. And so, for the first day, a teacher comes to class and said, ah, what are you doing here? Like, so after we introduced ourselves and how I spoke, he said, no, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? He said, ah, I sit there for, like, oh, you know, but I'm like, yeah, but my father has brought me here. So, somehow, that too was another chapter of my life. And God was just orchestrating my path, I mean, in a certain way. So there too, you know, I'd just spoken about the fact that I wasn't speaking because of my, all of those things. So I had reduced myself into rules that um, would prevent me from speaking. So I go to this, I mean, St. Paul's. And then in second year, a friend of mine approaches me and says, ah, but you should be running for SRC. And I said, no, SLC, you have to speak. And I, I don't think I, I was prepared for that kind of thing. But he kept encouraging me and said, no, he sees something that I should do it. So I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I went on to contest, and to the glory of God, I won. So I was both SLC president and school prefect. Now, this required me to speak for students. I didn't think I was particularly the most eloquent person or, or the person who was most, I mean, smartest. But God again was proving to me that in my weakness, he was going to show his strength. Because supposedly my speaking was my weakness. It wasn't something that I was really, I mean, good with. But each and every time you'd realize that every work that God was leading me to was into something that required me to speak. And so that was one chapter of my life. Fast forward, we'll go through school and then complete um, secondary school. And then I'll take on the role of regional coordinator of the Eastern Regional SLC. Now, that is working under the Ghana Education um, Service in Eastern Region. That too required me to speak. So it appeared that each of the rules, no rule was something that kept me at the back. Each one was one that kept me in front and one that required me to speak for people, to speak for those who can speak well. You understand? So that's a bit of an irony because I stutter, they speak well, but then I'm continuously elected to speak for people who can speak. So... I do this job for two years, and then when the job runs out, I'm homeless because then the job gave me accommodation, gave me everything. And now I go to my father. I wanted his blessing so that I could move on with my life. My father tells me that he wants me to farm with him in the village. I said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, then my father says, no, that, I mean, I had to do that because um, he's done, he's doing all this for us, he's doing that one good for I'm like, no, <laughs> you had defined my life for secondary school, but this time around, I had to take my life into my hands. <laughs> you know, but it was, I say it like this, smiling, but it, it, it wasn't laughing matter. Like, my father and I went like that. In the end, my father cast, like, serious cases on me. Like, to, the least of what I can say is to wander around like Cain. Nobody will do anything. You'll be useless. Like, all those things. But I, I was also determined that I would push forward because I know disrespect to people who farm, but I didn't think that was my life. I thought I was worth much more than that. So I left. 
but I stood at my father's gate, and these are the words that I uttered. And when I sat here listening to declaration, and today it appears like all of my things just sit into what has been declared. I stood behind my father's gate, and I told myself, I would not return to this house. That's number one. Number two was that I would never get in contact with my father. The third one was that if anybody was going to talk to me, my father would call me. And then I gave a description of how he would call me, that he would see me on TV and he would call me. And I left. I just left the bag behind me, coming to Accra like how Omokase That's how I came to Accra. I came to Accra not knowing anybody. I've slept at Circle, I've slept at place, like I've done crazy stuff. I've done construction because my background is in building. I've done all these things. Because when I came to Accra, I didn't know anybody. Apart from the fact that I was in Ashmoto School, that they dropped me in school, they picked me up. I didn't know anywhere in Accra. So coming to Accra on the back of speaking these words, but those words that I spoke gave me the predetermination not to go back. There were times when I slept outside, after the circle, when I come through circle, it gives me like memories like that. But it kind of, you know, there were times when I felt like I can go back. There's a house in the village. I can't, why am I sleeping outside in Tum Tum? Like, it's a worry. But I kept telling myself I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back. And that sheer determination not to go back. And the fact that when I was leaving, I spoke to my mom. And she prayed. And she said certain words. So I told myself that, look, I was going to do this. I mean, it was hard. It was difficult. I, when you say it like this, sometimes... You, Conceptualizing it doesn't seem like something that you'll understand. But these were very difficult times. These were times that you look back and you want to do. So I go through all this and then I come to Accra. But I came to Accra with the purpose to come and work. But the, what met me in Accra is not what I assumed. So I went to a friend's house. I told him I was going to just pitch for one week. One week became two weeks. Two became three weeks. And eventually I was like a nuisance in the house. Forget that I was trying all my efforts to contribute by way of, you know, gardening, cleaning the house. I just wanted to contribute something. But of course, I'd overstayed my, my welcome. So sometimes I go, we work late, I come back, they shut the door, I have to sleep outside, wait until all those things. So bottom line is I kept looking for a job. And then I just remembered that there was one man who had come to preach to us in Eastern region. So somehow the Holy Spirit led me to just say that, contact him. I go and see him, and I'm obviously looking for a job, a paid job, because I needed money. I go, and then he meets me with, you know, he started some evangelism in secondary schools, and that's because of my background in working with secondary schools, I could ask, ah, where's money, me physical, like, it's not this thing. But then my spirit told me I should do it. So that's how I started evangelism. And when initially I started, I was just doing it for the sake of, I, I didn't have anything doing. But eventually, there was pure joy. I mean, there were testimonies. There were miracles. There were people's lives that were being changed. And I was seeing these things. There were just things that we were doing. And, and so today, when um, Bishop said, like, for the, it's the miracles. We cannot do this without the miracles. Because then for what it's worth, what gives people the undisputed, I mean, evidence that this works is the miracles. That's a testimony that they want to see. So I kept seeing this. It was too compelling for me to ignore. And for some time, I even forgot that I was there looking for a job. So for two years, without doing anything, morning to evening, it was, it was just doing evangelism through winning. So, and there was, look, if I tell you, if I've been honest with you, for all the time I've worked, if I've ever had fulfillment and joy, it was when I was doing that work. And it was just doing everything 
winning souls, you see people who stopped, I mean, smoking, people who stopped doing things, and all of these things. But, I mean, I did this for two years, and then eventually I moved to my boss's home because he wasn't paying me, and then the other day he dropped me, and then he kept waiting for me to go in, and I told him that he don't open the gate, so he should go. And then he was like, ah, no, so I should come to. So that's how I moved to his house. Then he moved me in. But then this now also changed everything because in his house, there were a lot of books from Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, T.L. Osborne, like E.W. Keon. I was just taking the thing in. And this particular book from E.W. Keon, from the cross to the throne, that is what led me to Christ. And now I became more convicted that this was something that I wanted to do. So I do this for two years, and in the third year, I meet a neighbor of ours who is the wife to a diplomat. So I'm sure some of you see that there is this diplomat thing. So I also met her, and then she kept telling me, I have to go to school. She kept telling me, regardless of what I'm doing, I have to go to school. But she asked me that, what do I do? And I was like, I needed help. She said, oh, and I said, okay, I have a background in building construction. So she said, I'm going to give you a contract because I won't give you money in your hand like this. But it took me back to Elijah. When the widow, he said, what do you have? And each time God has asked, what do you have? It means that if you don't have anything, you will not go anywhere. If I didn't have a skill set, if I didn't have a competence, then it would have meant that she couldn't help me. Not because she didn't want to help me, but because I was not prepared. So that's the thing. So for us young people, sometimes people want to genuinely help us but we don't have the skill set. We don't have the competence. So she gave me a first contract. I built her place. She was setting up some place. I built it. I took some construction workers and I built it. Then the money I got, I paid for my first, I mean, tuition in school. And then I went to IPMC to also polish. I've been doing graphics, but I hadn't taken any formal training. So I decided that with that money, I was going to do that. So I polished that, and then I began to also do the graphics, then the construction. I began to get some jobs, and then I started. When I went to level 100, still, the soul winning and all that was still burning. So together with my colleagues, we formed the Youth Outreach for Christ, and we kept doing soul winning. And because I started getting money, I also started sewing. Because when I was doing evangelism full-time, people were sewing and giving us the money to do the work. So when I started getting money, I also felt like, no, this is the time I should also start giving back. Because obviously, the gospel has to be carried with the money. And I think I understood that. So immediately, I also started making money. I also told myself that it was time that I also started, I mean, um, contributing. But one of the key things that I would share with you is that, look, if I tell us that all of this has been by my smartness, by whatever, it's a lie. God put in divine helpers at every stage of my life. People who would help, people who would direct, people who would guide. Every step of my way, there was a divine helper. So you cannot do this on your own. You cannot rise to that level on your own. God will end, obviously also, it means that you'll have to position yourself well and do the things that you have to do. Because like I said earlier, if you don't have anything to give, I'm sorry, pray all you want, nothing will change. Because you must have something. I think that maybe... The other thing that is also significant for us to also share is that each time we decide we want to do something and we don't write it down, we don't declare it, I'm sorry that they will never get done. One of the management um, people will tell you that you can't manage um, what you can't measure. 
And obviously, you can't measure something if you've not documented it. So one of the things that I have done with my life always is to write things down. So the vision, Habakkuk will tell you that write down the vision so that you can run with it. Moses wrote it. Everybody, you have to write it down. And I think we should, like, all of, so today when I was learning, I was like, no, this is just like the presentation. All of them have been mentioned in today. And I just think that I'm just re-echoing it and just applying it um, to my life. So I don't know, but I think I asked that we could project. So I did a 10-year um, plan for my life. This was when I was like 28, 29. And there were things that I'd documented that I told myself that would do. So this is like my office in the house. And everything, I paste it. I paste everything. Everything I want, I put it there. And I speak to it. And I do everything. But what I want is a 10-year one, if you can show that. Oh, it's too small. I don't know if you can magnify. But okay, let me just run you through. So basically, I, every decade, I script my life and I tell God that this is where I want to be by this time. So when I was 29, I told God that I wanted to do two master's degrees. I wanted to be a chartered marketer. I wanted to start my PhD and complete it before 40. I wanted to become secretary general. I wanted all the things I wrote to the glory of God. I'm three years shy of 40, and we've accomplished every one of them by my PhD. But this has been writing these things down, seeing them every day on the wall, seeing them each time and declaring that these things, because like Bishop said in the morning, if God didn't will that we deserve these things, it shouldn't be in the Bible. But so long as the Bible will claim it. If it wasn't intended for us, it shouldn't be there. But so long as it is there, then it means that we should claim it and then move with it. So I have lived the very life that we hear Bishop saying every day. Like, for example, he tells us that, look, you can't come with that empty hand. Regardless, if it is whatever, there has to be something. I mean, this was a widow. Widows in the Bible are like, they are the most... But even he told her that, what do you have? If she had nothing, she would have perished. So, but that is all of us, and that is what, even in the times when we have had nothing, we have sowed, even when we don't have a roof over our head, when they are saying they are going to put a roof over the church, we sow and say that, God, as I'm putting a roof over the, let me also have one. We sow and say that they are going to buy a bus for the church, and we said, I don't have a car, but I want to sow into that and also get one. By the grace of God, we have all that today. But, like, if you look at in the natural order of things, if you look at my background, the fact that I went to a purely technical school, mind you, not a secondary technical. So I didn't do English, math, and science like you, you guys did. I didn't do literature. I didn't do all of these things. Even the first time I got a job at Genius, <laughs> this is funny, <laughs> the, the computer that was there, we didn't have purely technical. We were doing brick mortar. We were laying blocks. So I'd never switched on a computer before when I went to the office. So I was scared that I'll spoil it. Made the computer and was then there was this small boy who used to come and play games with the computer. Very small boy. He was in primary school. So I will watch when the boy comes, how he turns on the computer, how he turns it on, and then I was learning. And that's the point I know that, look, let me humble, let me tell the boy one share me. <laughs> but you see, that, that's it's my humility. And the boy taught me how to use a computer. I was just a primary school, but I don't know where he is today. He doesn't know where I am today. But it took that little boy to teach me how to use a computer. But that's the humility to understand where obviously you have a, a shortcoming and to understand that you need help and to seek it. 
and just maybe I'll begin to wind down. So I think I've spoken about the role of um, divine helpers, about the role of favor, and then also that um, we cannot allow our weaknesses to hold us down. I'll share um, a story with you. I have a staff, and he came to me, his thumbs maybe just like myself. He came to me, and then he came to tell me that he wanted me to excuse him from any work that required him to speak. I was broken. Like, this is an intelligent person. This is a smart human being, but he's telling you that keep me away from the work. It obviously means that he would obviously not be promoted. He would obviously be left out of a lot of things. Not because he wants to, but because he feels he has a limitation. But it's the same limitation that God has dealt me in a different way. To the glory of God, I don't think that it is my power to stand here and speak the way I speak without obviously stuttering. On another context, you see me stuttering and you say, I see the same human being. But that's what God has done. And it's marvelous. I mean, in terms of what God imagines he wants to do with us, regardless of what science tells us. Because in the scheme of things, you'll imagine that if we say that there's a weakness, it obviously means that that thing should constrain you. If it's a strength, it always means that it should push you. But here is God working the other way around. He's taking my weakness and rather using it rather as a strength. So the significant part of what I want you to get, if you don't get anything at all, being held back is not an option. It's not an option. And there's the thing that I say that a time comes when you have to stop blaming people and take responsibility for your life. As I stand here, I can give all the excuses in the world. I can start with my father. I can start with whatever. I can say that I'm a stammerer. I can't give all the excuses and remain down there. But it changes nothing. The point is to take responsibility for your life and say that it is in my hands and by the grace of God, I'll do it. And not just do it, but keep your focus. So I, I'm just, like all the things that have been said, your focus. So in school, when people are doing things, I'm not there for, because me, what is chasing me, it's not, their business and my business is very different. My path and their path is very different. I know where I'm going and I'm clear and I have timelines. But they obviously, maybe they don't have timelines, they don't have things. So <laughs> you're not going to the same place with people. So if they are doing their things, please leave them and concentrate on yours. And most importantly, learn a skill set. So each time I've had to do something, I've had to come on the back of what do you have in your hand or what do you have to show for. So I would, I would want to end by saying that, look, a lot of the things that would share seem impossible out there, but allow them. It says that the gospel is, I mean, it's foolishness to, to those who are perishing. But for those of us who have clarity, who have come to see in the light, it's a blessing unto us. And there's something that Bishop teaches us every day. But on this stage, on this altar, everything is possible. And so you can do everything you want to do if you determine it to be so. You can't do it. And just also to add that one of the key things that I've learned to do with my role, with my position, is the fact that I've met heads of state, I've been on committees with them, I've met them work with Nobel Peace Prize laureates, I've had ideas that have been implemented by um, global levels, I've influenced policy at a big level. And before 2017, I traveled to just two countries, to Cote d'Ivoire and Rwanda. And to the glory of God today, I can't count the countries I've been to. It just doesn't make sense. If you want to put everything into context, it doesn't make sense. 
But this is how far God has brought us, and it's to the glory of God. And just the last point, and then I'll end. Bishop has said that, look, the best gospel we can preach is to say that look at my life and look at what God has done for me. If you want to drive that car, if you want to be in that CD car, if you want to travel that abroad, all you have to do is serve God diligently and all of these things will be added unto you. Thank you very much. Stand on your feet. This is too powerful. Let's clap our hands for Apostle Peter. How many of you have suffered than this man have you slept a circle before uh, you have suffered more than him raise your hands i pray special prayer for you after the service put your hands down now i believe that with all this thing it might be being surprised because i've never listened to him i thought he's some that the baby that is flowing somewhere but if you look at his face you can see that it is it's an international man from age five. But his story almost looked like my own, how my father too lost his business. And so one day, one of the, you know, everything that he's saying, I'm writing them. Some of you don't like writing. Check your friend's notes for me. Because I believe this is one of the most powerful wake that person sleeping up. This is one of the most powerful presentations I've ever heard in my life by the life testimonies. How many of you think that this man is a miracle standing here? He didn't go to secondary school, technical school. And I don't know if you are watching the pictures. He's now dealing with white people. Every day he's traveling, so sometimes I'm trying to control the travels. He has now become an international advocate. Speak. Do you know what it means to be Secretary General of Africa students? Have you seen the car with a red number? It's given to what? Ambassadors. CD. Some of you don't know when you see the car, it's just the color. It's not color. Every car number with CD, it means that. It's, that's the type of car that he uses. He's an ambassador to the nations. Put your hands together for the Lord. Wow. Today, if I didn't come, the message is too powerful for me. Sit down. So, I want you to start reflecting. Journey to Accra at the age of five. Childhood experiences, the impact of teachers, preaching, he said, no matter what, you must decide to break through. You know, a lot of people are very proud. You want, every day we are coming, you want me to say, this person is coming before you come. No. Because you may not know the message that is going to change your life. Divine helpers, he spoke about divine helpers. Then he told us that you must have a skill. Today, one of these drug dealers came to talk to me here that he tested me that he want to go to rehab. He's a, he's a drug addict. And that he want me to help him to go to rehab. And so when we were talking, he said that he used to be a music promoter. And also he teaches people how to swim. I said, eh? 
you can swim. Then I, I told him that, okay, have you seen moving pig? There is a swimming pool there. Maybe you can be an instructor. You know, when he told me those two things now, my mind changed. Because like Peter is saying, make sure that you have a skill. You shouldn't be somebody wasting time all the time. You know, we don't know where you are going. You are always moving around. You are not doing anything with your life. Look at from where this man started from. Came to circle. Sleeping outside. In the houses of friends. Some of you think you are, you are the only one person. Mm. People are professional patients. So. <laughs> Sleeping outside. Mosquitoes. What I'm trying to tell you is that in case you are in any of this situation or at this level, it's a sign to you that there is a breakthrough ahead of you. Declare what you want. Me, I don't like writing things and pasting them, but today, because of what is sharing, I'm going to get a book. And things are in my brains. And then people write for me. So I'm going to get a board and also start writing things. Well, it pains me that the plan that he wanted to show didn't come. But you see, every little thing the man is saying, you say you don't need him to say uh, this is Archimedes' principle, whatever, whatever. The story he's telling. No? It's like a 10-year lecture. Write down everything. Declare them. He's not, he's, not, he's not 40 years old, but he's telling us that all the things he wrote down, he has achieved them. Don't be held back by your background. Then another very important point. Tell somebody, stop blaming people. Because the more you blame people, the more you are not energized to do anything. And now this is the reason why I'm not doing this. This is the reason why I believe the old, old man is there. There, the old man, you didn't now conclude that part. So you said you won't return, and that the man will call you. What happened? Because the story we need to complete it. Mm. Okay, so um, I had been elected. And I think I was on TV doing a press conference, and there was a number calling me. Came to pass. He was on TV doing a press conference. And it's, it's just amazing how it happened exactly the way I had. And on the TV, he was having a call. And then my father, then he's a one. And then he's so, and I panicked because my father, when I heard his voice, I was like, then he said, um, he seen me, like, he's happy, like, I should come over. You know, and when my father, before my father would pass, that was um, two years ago, he kept insisting he wanted to see me. He kept insisting, he kept insisting. So I went to see him. Then he told me that why he took a special interest in me, because apart from my siblings, I was always the one that he kept, you know, being very hard on. That, I mean, he, at birth, he had been told that this one is different. So his special, all of those things was because he felt that he couldn't leave me like that. And when my father was going to pass, I was outside Ghana, but he told them that they wanted to take him to the hospital. He told them, no, that I was going to come and take him. Wow. Ah, the man is sick, he's dying. he said he won't go until. So I, spent, I sent the driver to go and pick him up. Then when the driver got there, he told them that, he told them I will come. Mm. And then he passed. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. So the prophecy came to pass. You see me on TV. Where will we see you? 
Ask your friend, can you professor right now? Can you clap your hands for? There are dangerous people in this church, but you see, because people are sitting down quiet, you may never The whole Africa general secretary is standing behind. He can even take you to America tomorrow. If he gets angry right now. Clap your hands for Peter Ford. I don't know how to say determination. Determination, focus. Very powerful. Guga, you have some. You have to come back, eh? Okay. Let's welcome Minister Peter to come back. And um, I'm also very impressed about the day I was going on so winning and I went with him. I was saying that this cool man, what is he going to say? Because he, if he seems very quiet, not knowing he is a, a professional show winner. It's only today that I know. So from today, <laughs> he's my partner in show winning. I, was, I, I told him later, I was, what is this man going to say? He's too quiet. No, he has been winning souls and winning souls. I'm happy that today I have heard it. I have a big show winning assignment for him. Kuka, let's go. All right. Um, God bless you, Mr. Koji. A gentleman wants to ask, how do you build confidence? The how, how were you able to build confidence to stand alone in addressing people? How did you go through it apart from the, you know, the grace factor? Or is there some mechanism you used to do that? In truth, I, I don't think that there is any... Um, Formula, I don't think I can say that um, it's because I've done X, I've done Y, I've done Z. But what I think that I can say is you'd realize that from the way I'd built the storyline, that there was an attempt to introduce me into these things very early, except that I, there was this drawback. So the element for me was more to overcome the fact that I would stutter and speak. And... I can't explain it. It is just grace because if I leave this podium and you speak to me outside, I can't stutter. But somehow, when I have to do something, I have to speak, it just somehow goes somewhere. So in truth, but what I can say is that if you stutter, and I don't know, maybe in two ways, if you stutter, one of the things you can do to help yourself is join a singing group because when you sing, you don't stutter, you don't stammer. I've never seen anybody who stammers when they are singing. When you sing, you don't stammer. So when you... It, to help you overcome it, you join a singing group purposely. I did that when I was in secondary school. I joined the choir not because I had a good voice, but to help me. So that was an effort I made on my own to want to bring it down. And the other thing too is to you need to read exhaustively. Because, you see, the issue with your stammering is because there are some words you can't bring out well. So in your mind, you need to be changing them. Synonyms. You need to be flipping them, but conveying the same meaning. So if you are short of words to change your mind, you'll be stuck. So I read like I read a lot. Because it is in reading, I can be switching the words in my brain like very fast. But if I'm short of words, I'm stuck. And even for those who don't stutter, you'd find that people who speak very well, when you give them the mic, they shrink. That's because you are lost for the words. So reading that one, I'm sorry, but you need it. So maybe that's just it. But I don't think there's a formula that I have applied, not for my life. I think it's just been sheer grace. That's just, I mean, yeah. Someone wants to know 
what do you do when God wants you to read science-related courses, but then your personal interest or your passion is in reading-related courses? <laughs> this one is a very hard one. What do, what do you do when God's, God wants you to do science, but you want to do other things? I think this one, Jonah will be the best person to explain to us. <laughs> because when God wants you to do something, you know, he will drag you back. So as for that, I think Jonah gives us a perfect answer to that. So yeah, it is another question. Because this one, Jonah's answer is the best. <laughs> God always finds a way to bring you back to your course. Yeah, however long it may take, you come back to your course. How were you able to forgive your dad? How? We know you forgave him, but how did you do it? <laughs> well, I think that um, for what it's worth, if you succeed, there's no point holding back to things. If you win something, there's no point holding grudges and all that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make... And, I think that the other thing that I'd also learned was that for me, the focus was to succeed. And in time, I began to realize that a lot of those things he had done be became useful. So for example, when they asked me, what could I do? It is the construction he had taken me to that gave me money. So how do I hold a grudge against a, a man who took me to do something against my will, but eventually that is what gave me the opportunity to go to school. So it was very easy to let go because at the end of the day, I think you have won. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think that you hold anything when it's clear that, I mean, you've done what you, you want to do. When something bad happens to you, did you ever thought it was probably the curses of your father that was prevailing in your life? Obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and it's biblical that you need a father's blessing so it's not something you can take for granted when your father has spoken words like this if you take for granted and there's something wrong with you you obviously can't take that for granted so yes there were times when i felt like that is what is working and there was a time when i also felt like no it's not that but i can overcome so yeah so i think that um that's it lastly how do you manage all the things that you are you are doing at a time because you're on several boards, you are in different countries, and how do you manage all that vis-a-vis -vis your family, your wife? And he will plan and he will do them. Now, I want to start my message from where you ended, because that's my message today. Parental blessings. So, in a very short while, so I didn't want Peter to balance from that, because that's my message this evening. And he has just nailed it for me. Anytime you go for all these conferences and other things, trying to workshops, trying to talk about success, there's one thing they leave. That's what Peter just spoke to us about. Every young person must strive to get parental blessings. It's something that can change your life. Now, so that's my success secret to share today Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 to 3 now if you listen to the story you will see that the father actually didn't offend Peter he, was, he just wanted to push him into something most fathers don't have a bad intentions 
sometimes they see further than we see. Every child thinks his father is wicked. His mother is good. Because their fathers are always beating, shouting, instructing, and mothers are pampering. But many, 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 many people without fathers in the house never became anything. Recently, they, in America, they were doing some studies and they discovered that children without fathers, because that one, you see it a lot in America. It's not here. In America, you see every lady has a child, but there's no father. Because welfare will take care of them. So they just, they just spread children. And they are just giving, you see everybody with a child. They discovered that most of the children that are born in houses without fathers, 70% of them end up in jail. They go to jail. But those that had fathers, only about 30%. So, so you can see the impact. So now the Bible tells us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. That it may be well with you. Now look at that place. That's what we call success. That it may be well with you. That thou may live long on earth. So as we are trying to study biology, mathematics, make sure this is a covenant demand. Something you need as part of your life. Because you can study all that you can now. If you listen, as Peter came to Accra and he began to go through all this, this. But me, I don't think what the father did is almost like a case. Just that the man was trying to drive him in a certain direction. So God some way restrained some of the things because, and he also wanted to go in a certain direction. So it was a matter of disagreement. But make sure that on your journey of life, you receive parental blessings. Because it can cost you many things and that, that's where he ended. Now, so we see that the word it may be well with you means success so you can succeed. And that you can live long, longevity, you may not die before your time. So, the blessing we need from parents gives us success and gives us long life. And these two things, you cannot negotiate for them. Honoring your parents brings a certain favor over your life. That makes wicked forces incapable of harming you. Because many, many people who used to have potentials could not live to achieve their potential because an external force came against them and crushed them. And that is what honoring your parents will provide that protection. It does not matter who you are. You need parental blessings. So don't provoke your parents to anger. Provoke them to bless you. When you honor your parents, biological or spiritual, 
It gives you upper hand in life. So we want to read Genesis 27, verse 1 to 4 and 29. This is one of the principal keys of success. Genesis 27, verse 1 to 4. Let's read from New King James. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old, his eye were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau his eldest son and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hand game for me. Game is bush meat. Uh, Animals that are found in the bush like antelope or uh, all those type of nice, nice acranthia and amokia and those squirrels and all those kind of uh, whatever. And make savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you. Now look at it. That my soul may bless you before I die. You need that blessing. Don't tell me you are a professor, you are whatever. This is spiritual. It pushes you through doors that are impossible to break. Because always remember a spiritual force is stronger than any material or physical force. So now, the father now set them this way. You read through, you read through, and you see that the children, one of them was able to bring the food. The other one couldn't bring. The other one was late. The one that brought the food was Jacob, and he was the wrong candidate. And yet, when the father spoke a blessing, let's jump to 25. So the man is now telling us that there is a blessing that can push you forward in life. So now Jacob goes, he brings the blessing, and then the father said, bring it near to me. And I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Now what the reason what I came here to teach you today is that at this level of your life start honoring your parents from little by little what you have. Let it become a lifestyle. Don't say when I finish school. When I get a job start it now. You see how fast you can go in life. Start it now. Even from the money they have given you, buy something and give it to them. Because you see, parents don't just bless. Your mother will not just look at you, you have not done anything. No, they don't say that. They only bless when you do something that touches them. So start very early. When you hear their birthday, you can buy bread. You can buy Milo. You can send them credit. And once you send them something, it is automatic that they have to bless. And get those things consistently on your life. Consistently on your life. It will make a big difference in your life. But boy, they put tells us that he used to live with his grandmother. And then, at the age of 20, he did his first vacation job. And he said, ah, the way my grandmother has taken care of me, 
Let me do something to shock this old lady. So he went and bought two chairs. Now, in the old day, there was two chairs that have springs inside them. And so you put a foam, and then when you sit in them, it stretches your back, massaging you small. He went and bought these two chairs and brought it to the grandmother. And the grandmother said, David, where will you eat? In other words, you have used your money to buy me a chair. Where will you get food to eat? And he said, God will take care of me. And the grandmother looked at him with some strangeness and with some seriousness. And he said, you shall be great. Today, is he great or not? Put your hands together for the Lord. But there are many people working in life. All they know is book. The beautiful ones are not yet born. Things fall apart. Things will fall apart. If you don't get parental blessing, and some people too, because nobody told them, they are grown, they are now married, and still, there is no month that they ever send something to their parents. That thing has taken something out of your life. Make it monthly basis. As you are hearing me today, you are starting today. And see how fast your life is going to go. So, he brought it near and he took the one and he drank. Now, this man has been living with them. He has never blessed them all. But now look at it. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. The man continued. Therefore, this is where the man's life changed. Jacob's life began to change from here. Therefore, may God give you the dew of heaven. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. And the fatness of the earth. You see, the father is speaking spiritual words that are going to pave the way for this man. Plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you. And nations bow to you. Today, everything you see happening in Israel is because of this scripture. Israel today, because of this one. Be master over your brothers. Wow! And let your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you. And blessed be those who bless you. As soon as the father finished speaking this blessing, Esau is now coming. Now, what Esau did will show you that he knew that by this blessing from the parents, Jacob's destiny has shot up and he has been left behind. Now, look at now. Now, as soon as Isaac has finished blessing Jacob, Jacob has scarcely gone out from the presence of his father. He saw his brother came in from his hunting. It was too late. Now look at what happened. And he also made savory meat and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's gate that your soul may bless me. So the soul of your parents will never bless you until they get something from you. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. And then then Isaac trembled exceedingly. Why must the father shake? You see, read the Bible. People think it's a joke. 
the, the father was sick. My boy has missed something. My boy, what you have changed his destiny, he has missed it. It's a who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate all of it before you came. And I have blessed him. And indeed, look at it. He shall be blessed. Wow. I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. When he saw heard those words of his father, he cried. What will let a, a fool go? Now, at this time, he saw he had two wives. A man with two wives is not a small boy. A man with two wives is crying like a baby. It's not because his wife has died, nor his child has not died. The father said to him, you have lost your parental blessing. You see, this modern day generation, people are playing games on computer. And playing games on TikTok. And playing games on Twitter. They don't know anything about parental blessing. That's why many people have they've, they've gone to school, they've, but there's not, no opportunity. You see many people, I have a certificate, I'm not getting a job. I'm not, people are just wangling in life because they miss this very, very important covenant input in your life. Why must a grown-up man cry like a baby? You see, you get a revelation here. He cried with a city great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also. Wait a minute. If there was nothing in it, would the man say that? Bless me also. Oh, my father. You see, these Jews, eh, they understand this so much. But you see, we have also now become spiritual Jews. We need to value certain things that are written in the Bible. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Wow! Go home today and start to honor your parents. When they give you instruction, follow. When they give you direct, the reason why I jumped into Peter's message was that when the father said, a very brilliant somebody who have gone to Achim, he's supposed to go to Legon, whatever. The father said, no, 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 no. Construction. Today he's more than somebody that went to Legon. Now, maybe you may think that that thing is going to delay your life. No. There is nothing that you learn that is a waste. Knowledge can never be wasted. Every form of knowledge can be applied. Today, I'm just coming from a conference with the man of work, Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland used to be a pilot. Listen carefully. And then, as a commercial pilot, at a time came, things were hard. He was owing everywhere. Look at how he even got his wife. Somebody hired him to fly a private jet to a city. And when he got there, and they do, I think it was a football match or what, the man said to him, when are you going back? He said, oh, tomorrow. And the man said, no, don't go. I have my daughter. I want to introduce her to you. She is the most beautiful girl in Arkansas. Ah. So the pilot was like, ah, this old man, I brought you. Pay me and let me go. 
And then the, the next day, the man came and he said, this is my daughter. His name is called Gloria. Gloria. And so, at that time, he was Brother Copra. So he was there. And then he said, he doesn't know what happened. That evening, no, he, he asked the lady, let us go on a date. When he came and dropped the lady, and the lady said goodbye, while the lady was entering his father's house, first day you saw somebody, Gloria, will you marry me? And the woman said, okay. <laughs> and ran into the house. And the thing turned into marriage. See? At this time, Kenneth Copeland was not saved. Even though he has gone to Sunday school, they have taught him all the Bible lessons, he still decided to backslide. And when he's telling his story, he said, I wanted to go to hell, but my mother would not allow me. The mother prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Every year, baby, the mother will send him a Bible. So two weeks after they got married, he went to work. When he came, his wife had become born again. The wife was there when the conviction of the Lord came. Actually, the wife was reading one of the Bibles that Kenneth Copeland's mother has dropped in the house. And then conviction came and he said, Lord, if you can do anything with anybody, do something with my life. The woman became born again. So when the man came, he said, ah, the wife's face has changed. Two weeks later, he also became born again. But this is the point I want to, about what Peter was saying, about learning a skill. Kenneth Copeland now feels that, I, I got to go to Bible school. I have to go, to, but I don't have money. I don't know who will pay my school fees. But I will still go. Then he sees Ora Robert preaching on television, decide to go to Old Ariel. You see, Old Ariel... It's only young, young people that are... At this time, this man is married. So it's like class one papa or that type of whatever. He now goes to... Where are you? And he doesn't even have money to pay for tuition. And they come to announce that the school is looking for a pilot to fly the evangelist or a Robert. And it's wow, opportunity has come. So the next day, he goes... To the man's office, pam 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 pam. He gets there and then he opens and says, My name is Kenneth Copeland. I'm a commercial pilot. I hear you people are looking for a pilot. I can be a pilot. I see 10 like this. He saw Dr. Ora Roberts standing and he said, Hello, my boy. And then he said, Come, 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 come. And then Copeland was afraid. He goes, At that time, this man was at the top of ministry. And then Ora Roberts said, Did you say you are a pilot? He said, Yes. He said, two weeks ago, I wanted to hire a pilot and the Lord told me, don't do it. I'm sending a student. He will come and he's going to, he's going to be a pilot. Here. How life plays. So he now became a pilot and a driver at the same time. By driving Ora Robert to crusades and meetings, he was hearing teachings. He was hearing it. And finally, Copeland also became a man of God. Today, he is the one I'm talking about that brought the message of prosperity. He has given 30 aeroplanes as a seed. And his ministry has touched so many people all over the world. He is the one that let people know that a man of God can fly. And through him, many, many, many lives. What am I saying? He was a pilot, but he didn't know that through that skill, he was going to meet the greatest man of God 
the greatest healing evangelist and through that his ministry has also been birthed tell your friend don't bury your scale don't bury your scale so now let's come back to father's blessings i have six minutes to go don't worry i'll finish it so now Esau is now crying bless me also now the long and short of the story is that when Esau left this place he decided to kill his brother Jacob why father's blessings you see we are playing with certain but he wanted to kill him because what he has taken from him today the people of Esau are all these other people who are around Israel they fought and fought and fought and fought and fought you know Israel is surrounded by hostile nations on the left on the right in the east in the, and they are always fighting them fighting but they've never been able to defeat them because of Genesis 27 27 and 29 what the father spoke over his life we call it the heritage of jacob today israel is number one in technology number one in science number one in entertainment number one in real estate when you go to new york all the total buildings you see belong to the jews this blessing that the father spoke over them is working up to today how many years ago over this is we are in genesis so over six thousand years ago the father's blessing is still working i pray for you today if your father is alive if your mother is alive go home and treat them well and they will speak a blessing over your life and it will turn your destiny around it will change your life and it will alter the course of your life put your hands together for the lord so it is also one of the keys of success one of the keys of success now it came to the turn of Joseph. Why did Joseph also become great? Out of 13 children, Joseph rose up from number 11 and came on top. Why? Genesis 49, 26. Turn your Bible to that place. We are learning about keys of success. If your parents are alive, don't say they have money. No. Bless them. Sometimes wash things for them. Do everything that will let them speak a blessing over your life. Genesis 49, 26. Look at what has made Joseph so great. Genesis 49, 26. Now, he said, the blessings of your father have excelled the blessing of my ancestors. This is about Joseph. Up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hell, they shall be on the head of Joseph. Wow! And on the crown of the head of whom? Him who was separated from his brothers. So this is the blessing that his father spoke over him. The next thing, you know, talk about Benjamin, but he began to bless Isaac. Let's start from 25. Parental blessing is important. By the God of your father who has helped you. And by the Almighty who will bless you with the blessing of heavens above and the blessing of deep that lies beneath. Have you seen that? The same thing that the father spoke over Jacob is what Jacob is speaking over Joseph. Wow! The blessing of the breast and the blessing of the womb. God always honors the blessing of fathers. So Jacob became, God lifted him on top 
Later, he's the one that took care of all his brothers. Or because of this simple blessing from parents. So, finally, what do I do to get parental blessings? Number one, always call your parents and check their warfare. Mama, I want to find out how you are doing. Whether they are poor or rich, it doesn't matter. Daddy, I want to find out how you are doing. Because when we don't teach this, and people, their parents will take them to school, pay their school fees, bless them. When they marry, they give all their money to their wife. They don't even remember that they have some parents anywhere. Today, you see many people's parents struggling. You see, and the foolishness is that what you are doing, eh? These children that you want to give everything. Mama, media, don't worry me. Don't worry me. I have to pay my children's school fees. He is the one that paid your school fees. Now he says he's worrying you. So you now also marry. Only turn towards your children. The same mistake is what you are also doing. The same mistake. You didn't take care of your parents because of your children. Your children will also not take care of you because of their children. So, you say you are, your children are your investment. You are wrong. You, like the guy asked Peter, how do you divide between all these things? You have to divide. You take your 10%, you take this, you send something, start at this level. Don't say you don't have anything. There is nobody without anything. The reason why you don't send money to your parents because it's not important to you. Call them on phone to check their welfare. If they are sick, pay their medical bills. Peter told us, his father said, hey, leave, leave, leave. when he comes, he will come. And you see, that's why he is different from his brothers and sisters. And this thing, they can't teach you in Legon, only in the church. Blessing is a major part of, of success. Major, 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 major. It's not only going to school that makes you successful. If you take this one out of your life, all your certificates will become just Placards in your house. They'll become placards. Pay their hospital bills. Clothe them. Clothe them. Clothe them. Sometimes, anytime I travel out there, can you? I don't know how to buy women's whatever. So if I'm not with my wife, I will send somebody. Find some uh, whatever. My, my old lady is an old lady. He doesn't know all this Gucci, Givenchy. Chi chi chi, whatever, Lorraine, whatever, whatever. The last time I travel, I'm coming, people have given me perfumes. And I, when I go, I say, No, no, her, her own is not somebody that will give me. Her own will not be a gift. I'm buying it. Her own is not a gift somebody give me that I'm going to give to her. I'm buying it. Because I have this consciousness that. You need continuous blessings for your parents. Now, can I ask a question? How many of you here sitting here who want to succeed have ever blessed your parents with something before? Raise your hands. Oh, wow. Clap your hands for the Lord. Because I've been teaching it here. Don't joke with those things. Can I tell you something? If you like it, take two sisters. One is highly educated. One is less educated but with parental blessing. The one with the parental blessing will do better than the one with only book long. So be careful. These things 
must be taught as part of success. Clothe them. And more importantly, send them seeds little by little. Little today, by the grace of God, there is Momo. Yes. So me, my plan is that every man, I don't need to wait for my mother to call me that. No, 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 no. Every yesterday she called me that her eyes are doing whistle whistle. I said, you don't need to do go to go to uh, hospital here. This, 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 this. I'm not going to say what is my other brothers doing. No, it's not my other brother matter. I have a revelation. I'm operating my revelation. So gradually, gradually, when mobile phone came, I was sitting and I said, ah, everybody's using mobile phone. What about the one that took care of me? He doesn't have a phone. This one that you people call Tigo. Somebody gave me a very nice number. 0277300000. Nice number. And I bought a phone. I put it in and I went to give it to my mother. And she used to, to call me. She started vomiting blessing. It's not only preaching. There are many, many, many pastors struggling for nothing because they, they think anointing can cancel blessing. Tell your friend, anointing doesn't cancel blessing. So, start it. All of you students here, start it now. You see, when you start it early, it will help you. Then your children will also learn it. Do you know what is happening in abroad today? In abroad, when their parents grow old, they go and drop them in uh, old people's home. And I heard something that made me so sad when I travel. One woman, anytime he comes to Ghana, he comes to church here. He said, this, this, Young people in America are killing their parents. I say, how? He said that, you know, this woman takes care of old people. He said sometimes their own children will come and go and tell the doctor, give her some morphine, let her die. So we want to, we, we are, so that will be free. He tells me of melonins, 90 year old, 86 year old, that their children connive with doctors. So he said, there was this old billionaire she was taking care of. And she doesn't want them to die because the longer they live, the more they pay her. African woman. So when they, so he said that they intentionally deny this old man food that they shouldn't give her food. But anytime she goes, she will wear herself. On the children, he said, ah, why is our father not dying? They asked that woman, why is our father not? Then they asked, auntie, what have you been doing to this old man? He said one day, when she went on rounds, no, They've given this man morphine. They pumped that thing. Oh! So she took rope and rubbed the man's chest and, and, and that and that. So he said, anytime she's leaving the place, the man will be crying. 90 year old billionaire. His children are, they want him to die. No wonder today the curses that are, they are flowing around is too much. Because these people don't know. And some of them, they want their parents to die because the parents, they have a lot of money so that he will die and then we will share. But they have forgotten that they will also grow old. Now, look at Proverbs 23.10. Let me add just four minutes and close. Proverbs 23.10, what does he say? Remove not the ancient landmark nor enter the field of the fatherless. Because I'm preaching this, you say, oh me, my father is dead. I don't have any father. 
Be careful. The ancient landmark is that in Bible days, children were commanded to take care of their parents. Now, I'm now coming to Peter's matter. Forgive your parents for your own interest. Tell your, forgive them for your own interest. Sometimes the things that you say your parents have done, they did it with a good intention. Some of you, when you were going to marry, your parents opposed their marriage. So you have vowed. Since you didn't help me to marry my lover. But you see that most of them, because sometimes they say, maybe this girl, the way, the way they came, the way the wig is very long. We are afraid. It's not their fault. <laughs> Don't be offended. Or a time came, like Peter said, his father's business collapsed. He couldn't take care proper of you in school. He said, eh, my other friends, their parents took care of them. There is no genuine parent who wants his children to be uneducated. You, you won't find one. Sometimes circumstances. Don't be a young person always struggling with your parents. Bishop Dan told me a story about a certain guy and his sister. He said, my, and, and, and then after their parents died, the lady developed cancer less than 40 years old. So they put her in Kualibu here. They pray, 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 pray. The man of God said one day he went to visit and the spirit said she would die. So she later asked the brother, what? This young lady and this young girl, how can he get this sickness? He said, when my father was alive, my sister was always arguing with him. And he used to keep saying, wait, you see. Wait, you see. The lady never lived to be 40. He died of cancer. Parental blessings. Manage that relationship. Don't shout at your parents. Recently, I was there. They told me that my mother went to do, I don't know whether business or whatever, something, something, something. And then I think that somebody ran away with their whatever. As soon as they told me, I have to pay. Because I didn't know how much school fees my mother paid as I'm standing here. I don't know how many hospital bills that he paid. You see, this thing I've not been told. So people are like, some of you, eh, some of us, we think that it is our right to go to school. <laughs> Who gave you that right? Ah, Bishop, my parents took me to school and so on. And you know what you know. Parents, you know what you say. But you have forgotten that there are many illiterates who are working in town. Their parents use their school fees to chase girls. So, is it a child? You can't take yourself. Look at what Peter is saying. At the age of five, the father taught good and sent him to Achimot. In fact, as soon as he mentioned Achimot, I had a new respect for him that Achimo. If you miss somebody, say Momo be Munima the cray friend Achimota. As soon as Peter said, they said, Woo! That's the school that big, 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 big men. Bishop Dark, Bishop Eddie, presidents, and that's their school. Clap your hands for Peter's father. Wow. I like that part of their story. If this guy goes anywhere and says, I'm a Achimo. You know the doors that will open for him? Mention your school if you find anybody. Anybody in the current government or former government who used to be from Achirensua Secondary School. I can't. Now, yo, my father didn't do anything for me. My mother didn't do anything for me. 
Tepasinia High. It's, a, it's also a school. <laughs> hey! I used to know a certain village called Nirebehi. In Nirebehi L.A. Secondary School. That's when you know that when you mention that name, there's no one person in Accra who attended that school. Everybody lift your hands and say, thank God for my mother and my father who brought me to this world. Let me conclude. Proverbs 2020. Parental blessing. Me and my father did so many, many things I didn't like. Plenty, plenty things. You know, I was lucky. One day I bought a little book. Peter told us to read. Read, oh. I bought a little book at Kumasi Post Office and it was written by Bishop Oedipo. And the title is what? Covenant something. From that book I read and I saw, I need to walk consciously with my parents. From that day, when my father does anything, it doesn't affect me any, anymore. So my father, one day, he had stroke. He needed a wheelchair. I have brothers who live in abroad. Nobody brought the wheelchair. Me that are living in Ghana. I went and bought the wheelchair. When I came, they lifted him from the bed. He's 90-something years old. And put him in the wheelchair and then he jumped from the wheelchair and went back to his bed that's the only time he, he used the wheelchair but the blessings he spoke over my life Charlie is speaking so loud anyone here fighting your parents or you are having some problems I'm telling you that minus that thing you can't be successful so look at it Let's read what is on the board and we share the grace. Ready, go. Read it with boldness. Ready, go. Uh -huh. Let's read it from um, NIV. We are reading it from four scriptures. Then I won't say anything again. We share grace. Ready, go. If someone curses their father or mother, their lamb will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Amplifier. Ready, go. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp of life will be extinguished in time of darkness. There is darkness and your light also goes off. So in life, you'll be, when you walk in darkness, what happens? Kicking you, boom. Boom. Aye! No speed. No direction. Let's read from my Bible, PTP. And then we share the grace. Ready, go. If you despise your father or your mother, your life will flicker out like a lamb and extinguish into deepest darkness. Message Bible. <laughs> Ready, go. Anyone who curses father or mother extinguishes light and exists be needed. This is English. Easy English. Let's go to easy English. Ready, go. If one curses his mother or his father, his lamb will be put out in utter darkness. Lift your hands and pray. Parental blessings. 
parental blessings. The reason why today Donald Trump is Donald Trump because the relationship between his father and his father left him ay, 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 ay. among the Jews parents teach their children to continue what they are doing that's why there is so much blessing among the Jews so that opportunity to mess up with your parents it, it does not exist yes? so you see in the Bible any time a Jewish man is done he has opportunity to pass on blessings Abraham gave it to Isaac. Isaac gave it to Jacob. That relationship is there. He saw message because he didn't have good relationship with his father. He saw. Now, let me nail it with this one. Genesis 26, the last chapter. You see what Esau did. Why Esau missed the blessing. The last chapter of Genesis 26. And let me show them what actually happened. Verse 34. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Barry the Hittite, to be his wife. And Basman, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. Continue. And they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. He took some Pekinabolos, two Pekinabolo girls. And they became pepper for his parents. So it's not that Jacob stole his blessing. He has already lost it. Amplify. This is why Esau never became anything. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Barry the Hittite, and Basma, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, as his wives. And they were a source of grief to Jacob, Esau's parents, Isaac and Rebekah. So may you not just stand up and come and tell me you want to marry, but your mother doesn't agree, so you pray fire on your mother. This is where Jacob's problem began. Esau's problem. Lift your hands and thank God for wisdom you have learned today through the stories that are told. You know how I wish everybody would come to SBSO when people are telling their stories. The scriptures that we quote, you know, people share life stories. And then everything becomes very clear. Lift your hands and thank the Lord for tonight. What a blessed night. The things that we have learned. Tell the Lord to give you wisdom. To give you direction. To give you everything you learn. You will never be a failure in life. May you be a success for the rest of your life. In the name of Jesus. We pray. With thanksgiving. May we walk in the wisdom of God's word. In the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe your needs were met and every word kept you in closer fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Want more? Find us on Facebook by searching Holy Hill Chapel AG or Reverend Kojo Boatindempa. Or you can join our Supernatural Generation family. You can also subscribe on YouTube by searching Kojo Boatindempa for our video messages to further boost your faith. We look forward to hearing your testimony through any of our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.